to the finest crew in Starfleet. Engage. Watch your back, son. I'm Luke. I'm Captain Captain Janeway of the USS Voyager. Captain Captain Janeway of the USS Voyager. Captain Captain Janeway. Welcome to the Greatest Generation. It's a Star Trek podcast by a couple of guys who are a little bit embarrassed to have a Star Trek podcast. I'm Ben Harrison. I'm Adam Pranica. Why so down, Adam? Why so glum? Oh, I'm excited. <laughs> this is this is what makes our show legendary, right? No mm-hmm. other Star Trek podcast is willing to die for their art <laughs> the way we're possibly doing today by setting up a recording studio in our bathtubs. Yeah, we haven't moved to the bath just yet. We thought we would do the Marin here in studio. We're doing a dry Marin. A dry Marin. Is, is what they call it in the business, right? Right, yeah. I think that uh, the like public media professionals coined that term. Right. Um, I was getting my tub prepped. I thought I would, uh, you know, hit it with some all-purpose cleaner and give it a scrub before I uh, filled it with water and soaked in Great it. Great idea. Yeah, make yourself the dirtiest thing in there. Yeah, yeah. One of the things I thought to do is, you know, there's that cover that goes over the upper drain, like the one that the overflow one that's meant to. Oh, you're talking about the hurl? Or. Yeah, the, the hurl at the top. <laughs> or. Uh, there's that cover to, you know, that makes it a little bit more. Uh, so you don't overflow. Yeah, but uh-huh. the, the cover is just, it's just a, a piece of chrome to make it look a little bit nicer. And I thought, oh, I'll unscrew that. I saw this. Uh, I saw this life hack where somebody unscrewed that and turned it over so that the opening is on the top of that, and that that way you get an extra like inch and a half of water in your bath. You know, depending on the circumstance, an extra inch can make a whole lot of difference. Uh, literally. So I was like, oh, I'm going to do this life hack from the internet, and I uh, pulled out my Swiss Army knife and began <laughs> to unscrew it. It's so fucking corroded that it just fell right off. The screw broke off in the device, and I don't have a a hurl cover at all now. I broke my bathtub today. (laughs) You're just hanging whole in your bathroom now? Yeah, I'm hanging whole. I I will not get the benefit of the extra inch. In fact, I'll have the the opposite of that, (laughs) and I'm going to have to go to a hardware store or a home center to fix my tub now. What you need is that uh, that as-seen-on-TV product that you can wrap a busted pipe with. Oh yeah, the Flex Seal. Flex Seal. Well, I, have, I have some of that too. I so uh, we talked about the flood in my office. I think on the Greatest Discovery. So yeah. uh, committed listeners of the Uxbridge Shimoda family of products will already know that I had a fairly intense day a few days ago, where lots of water was coming into my studio uh-huh. and my garage, and I bought like the full suite of Flex Seal products. Wow. To, uh, address some of these issues. We got to get with the network on doing a sponsorship. We'll see if it actually is is as good as it appears to be on uh-huh. the commercials. Because uh-huh. I just went around in my garage, like basically flex sealing every joint that I saw water come through. Wow! And uh, that was like literally like half an hour ago, as of this record, that I was doing that. But they're like we're going out of town. We're recording this before the holidays. I'm going up to see my folks in the Bay Area. It, it is scheduled to rain the entire time I'm gone, which is just a terrifying thing to contemplate. I wouldn't leave, man. Yeah. I don't want to make you feel bad about this decision, but I'm just generally paranoid. Yeah. Just as a resting state. Yeah. I can't imagine how this will be tormenting you while you go. It's gonna I'll be... go visit your house if you need me to, man. Oh, man. Really? Yeah. Oh. I'll gonna, check on it for you. I'm going to come over to your house tonight. I'm going to I'm going to throw you a spare set of keys so that you can swing by and check cuz that would that would ease my mind greatly. I'm not that worried about it cuz the big problem was a a drain that was was stopped up that I I cleared the the yeah. problem and uh, I know that it's cleared That was I've, a hurdle that you were able to recover. Yeah, and I've I've poured several test buckets of water down this drain to make sure that it's still water operating. and other things. Mhm. Yeah. So we'll see if the flex seal works, but I would not want to put that stuff on my tub because it's the kind of tape where you you peel it off and then you have to peel off a backing. Yeah, because uh, once it's stuck, it's really on there. Like you could lift a tub out of a bathroom using flex seal. Yeah, yeah. So I I think that the the duct tape would be temporary enough to try. 
but I don't know if I'm, I would go with the flex seal. Wow. Well, uh, it sounds like we hopefully have solved a couple of problems, but uh, we have one big one unresolved here. We have a massive, massive problem, Adam. We have to review an episode of Star Trek Discovery from the comfort of our home bathtubs. I really wanted to put this off. Yeah. But I, I think there's nothing else to do but to fill the tubs and get in and then talk about Star Trek Voyager Season 3, Episode 6. Remember. Reverse course. Unless you've got something a little bigger in your torpedo tubes. I'm not turning around. <laughs> We're now in the tubs. We're in the tub. I decided to duct tape up the hurl so I could get a full bathtub and I wouldn't have it like, you know, little drain noises intermittently throughout this situation. I think we can come up with a new greatest gen rule. Are you ready to add to the list? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's been a long time. Always fill your tub up to the hurl. Yeah, yeah. It's a good rule. Like, who's filling their tub up halfway up to the hurl? You don't want to do that. It's just a waste. That's a half measure. Yeah. That's not what we do around here at the greatest generation. I've already got wrinkly fingers. We, we, we've been dealing with some tech issues. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I had a real big problem over here on my side. You finally solved the tech issues and you're like, okay, we're ready. I'm going to get in the tub now. And I was like, man, what a good idea to not get in the tub until you know it's going to work. Yeah, if I had been trying to tech the show from inside the tub, I don't even know, man. I'd probably just drop my laptop in the water and end it all right here. <laughs> just call it. Yeah. <laughs> well, we get a classic episode start here, Ben, because uh, it's one of the classic TNG-style Uber trip missions we've got going. Yeah, the Voyager is uh, providing a ride home to some Anar Anarians? Anarians? Yeah. Anarans. And uh, in exchange for this hookup, the Anarans are, are uh, trading some, some technology of efficiency. But it's an even better deal than that because they also get their friendship. And babes. <laughs> yeah, we see one of these babes in engineering who is... Kim has wasted no time making eyes at her. <laughs> yeah. There's a minor flow problem. I'd be happy to help. He's all up in those conduits, clearly. <laughs> but this babe, Jessen, has kind of an overbearing mother figure uh, she does. in here, too. And, and you got to get rid of the mother, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't want her to know what, what you have planned. You got to get the mother out of the way, and you got to get the third wheel out of the way. And that's who BLT is. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I've I've kind of got the contours of this episode figured out. This is going to be an episode about Harry Kim having a star-crossed romance with this babe that's on board the ship doing science with him, and then they're, you know, going to get there and he's going to have a terrible decision to make. Does he stay or does uh does he, you know, right. let her fly free or something like that? Classic Harry Kim story. But no, not going to be not going to be the episode we get today. Instead, we cut uh, almost immediately to a scene of BLT waking up in a bed and uh, having kind of a Dawson's Creek-like tryst. I thought this was like, oh, that's cool. I'm going to fake like I am going to turn in early and instead go have a hollow novel to myself. Yeah. This is not a hollow novel. She's having a gox dream. <laughs> I've ne I feel like I haven't noticed how low profile her loaf is until this episode. Like you get some really good close up profile shots of her. That loaf really does not pop off the forehead. Yeah, you can you can barely see it. Like you can barely see so much of our berries underneath the the <laughs> bubbles here. Ben, did you right, go with some right. bubbles today in the bath? I didn't. I went with some Epsom salts though. I thought that might might be nice. Well, that's nice. I couldn't find the bubbles I was looking for, so I went with... I, the closest thing I could find was scrubbing bubbles, and it came, <laughs> it came in a little, like, pumper spray, so I just filled the tub with those and then put the hot water on top. It's giving me a nice little tingle. Oh, good. I'm not worried at all, Adam. <laughs> I think you could argue also that there's some fragrance benefit. What, what's the thing? Like, it's kind of an essential oils effect. Mm, yeah, of the... Uh extremely powerful detergent yeah. eating away at your beardy. <laughs> I can really feel it all over. It's really attacking all of my hurls. 
<laughs> so, so and instead of just throwing the laptop in the water, you've decided to go with a more slow motion solution to today's problem. Yeah, Adam. yeah, that's exactly it. Uh, she gets referred to as Karina in this fantasy. Yeah, normally uh, a lady would take great umbrage with being called by someone else's name in a situation mm-hmm. like this, but uh, BLT kind of rolls with it. Yeah, she's cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she also is surprisingly cool with the fact that um, her boss came into her apartment and is standing over her bed asking her why she's late to work. <laughs> Boy, not a good look for Chicote here. <laughs> what is he doing? It would have been so easy to show the attempted call and the attempted right. doorbell ring just to get Chicote off the hook. I mean, the other thing that crossed my mind is, is he worried that this is some kind of Paris-like subterfuge and that she is being bad at her job to trick him and other people for some spycraft reason? And, right. and that's why he's, he's on our case like this. Bellana, wake up. The moment you start to think about the creep factor of a Chakotay in BLT's room, it's totally redirected by BLT disclosing everything about her sexy dream to Chakotay yeah. on the walk into work. So it's as far as HR violations go, like I think it's probably you just cancel each other out here, right? <laughs> They're both fired. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she she really spills the beans about what uh, has been flooding her basement lately. She leaves no detail unsaid. I was deeply uncomfortable by how close they were talking about it. Physically close, right? Like, they're in engineering going over this, and Chakotay is standing, like, six inches from her face while she tells him this, like, steamy, bodice-ripper romance that she's been dreaming about. You could look at this scene and think that this was a kind of flirtation that BLT is laying on Chakotay, though, right? Like, yeah. I think there's a version of this that reads like that. I guess, yeah. Like, uh, I want you to call me Karina yeah. <laughs> next time. Yeah. I don't know. It's a very weird scene. So we cut to Paris and Kim walking into the mess hall, which has been totally redressed as an Iranian <laughs> mess hall. <laughs> I guess. (laughs) And Neelix is bending over backwards for these people. It's like he's the one out to impress someone instead of Kim. Right. Which is an interesting read. Like, it doesn't seem like Neelix is into any of the Inarians the way Kim is. No. But but he is just as interested in impressing them and celebrating parts of their culture in this way. What happened to the tables and chairs? The Narans don't use them. Like, I think low-key, one of the funniest things about this episode is how far off Neelix is in terms of recreating a realistic version of their culture because we find out later that the the dreams that BLT is having throughout this episode are on Anaria or whatever whatever the yeah. planet is called uh-huh. which looks absolutely nothing like what Neelix came up with yeah. for the mess hall <laughs> in the way that none of his recipes resemble the ones he's trying to make either right yeah like this is the curtains are too piquant mm-hmm. yeah this is the nailed it with Nicole Byer of having an ethnic restaurant on board the ship right Kim leaves Neelix and Paris to their own to go hang out on the eating rug with his new lady friend. And uh, we pan over to the captain who is just wrapped as this man plays an instrument that is... You know how, like, uh, if if you cross a keyboard with a guitar, you call that a keytar? Uh-huh. This is like a boob-tar. <laughs> yeah, it really is. <laughs> the, like... Janeway is bathtub horny for Jor Brel's pogo ball finger blasting <laughs> in this scene. It's amazing. There's coffee in that lovely piece of music. She's like, man, this is great. I would love to be able to shred like you. And he's like, well, maybe you can. Why don't you give it a try? And she sits down and shred she does. Yeah, it's because Jor Brel gives her a non-consensual music lesson. And it totally overwhelms her. And he apologizes for misunderstanding what she wanted. Like, he thought she wanted to sign up for kind of a weekly lesson plan where you pay up front and it's very difficult to quit at any time. Yeah, this is a, a missed alien social cue, essentially, is, yeah. what, is what we're made to understand here. 
in in their culture, what transpired between them would be sort of an invitation to telepathy, and uh, that is not what Janeway thought was going on. And the dude is super embarrassed by this, and really makes the case for like consent is super important to us as a culture. This is not how I meant for this to go down, and I'm super humiliated that it went like that, and I am sorry. Yeah, it comes really close to becoming a diplomatic incident, and it comes close to really nosediving one of the main ship economies of the music lesson industry. And Tuvok was, like, getting ready to fucking vaporize this guy over that. Yeah. You know, this is national defense level issue. (laughs) How do you stop this? I mean, when Tuvok does it, he has to actually physically touch you, but these guys can be about an inch away and still get the same effect. In another part of the room, Neelix is showing Chakotay his disinfecting balls. The Anarans are very hygienic. Hmm. This is a technology that he picked up from the Anarans also. And they both kind of wonder where BLT is, but Chakotay knows. Chakotay really knows where BLT is. I was a little bit worried that he was going to put her on blast to Neelix, like, oh, she's been having horny dreams, Neelix. (laughs) Yeah, but in that previous scene, for whatever reason, after spilling all of her beans, like every single bean she's got to Chakotay, she's like, don't you dare tell anyone (laughs) about all these beans. So Chakotay keeps the the bean word mum, and BLT goes back to the land of Nod, where she is uh, talking to her her kind of overbearing father about uh, how that boy that she keeps cavorting with is no good for her. Dad does not want her dating Dathan. This dad is dumb as hell. Yeah. Like, like you got to check all the rooms if you're suspicious of a secret companion. Come you on. really do. You get. You got to be. You got to. Got to have your head on a swivel. This is uh, the actor that played like the the senator in the X-Men movies. Oh, in those yeah. first two X-Men movies. Uh, he's also the dad from uh, the Harry and the Hendersons TV show. Oh, shoot. That's where wow. I recognized him. Uh, so he uh, passes her a glass of the blue drink of not fucking Dathan and walks out. And out from behind a curtain appears Dathan. If Nate is the uh, shortening of the word Nathan, is date the shortening of the word Dathan? Yes, it is, Ben. <laughs> yeah, so uh, so Dad, having been satisfied with his uh, counseling of his daughter, gets the hell out of there, uh, leaving the, the secret lover to emerge from the room behind there to get back yeah. with the makeouts. Only this time, yeah. there's a lot more chafing than before. And uh, BLT like bursts awake in her in her bedroom. Yeah, all hot and sweaty. The next day, she has a little meeting with Chakotay. It's mostly business, but then she's like, also, uh, this dream is more than just a bodice ripper, Chakotay. Like I'm having, I'm like I'm seeing like the story unfold in stages. Yeah, it's like a lucid dream, but it's... uh, But serialized? (laughs) Yeah, it's a serialized lucid dream is what it is. There's more going on than just a love affair. I'm having a relationship with this man, but my father doesn't approve, so we have to sneak around. It's like each new dream advances the story. It sounds like a hollow novel. But it feels like it's actually happening. It sounds like the sort of dreaming where you wake up feeling very unrested. Yeah, it's it, it's not akin to sleep at all. You got to wake up and do sheet laundry like on top of that before going into work. Yeah, there's a wet spot in your bed, so you got to get the dehumidifier going in your room. God, what a hassle! So she's like out in the hallway on her way to work when uh, another dream hits her, and she's like in a courtyard on uh, this planet which doesn't look a thing like what Neelix did to decorate the restaurant. <laughs> and uh, it turns out her dad is kind of, it, it is in fact kind of a political figure. He's giving like a benediction for this new Anaran initiative to start branching out into the cosmos and doing uh, colonization. They're going to start like conquering other planets, I guess. And the imagery is very, you know, 1930s Germany, right? Like the, the color palette and stuff. 
Oh yeah, and uh, and Dad is there to display some nationalist nepotism to his daughter. He uh, he gives a speech about terraforming, and then gives BLT a medal. What's weird is that everyone gets a medal besides Chewbacca in this scene. Yeah, something I've I've never been able to figure out. He did everything everybody else did. He was he was just he was an equal participant. Right. It's fucked up. She's also changed into like a leather field marshal uniform with a balls brooch on it for some reason. This is a brooch that I need to be looking for at the merch table <laughs> at the next Star Trek convention I go to. Yeah. A Naren truck nuts brooch. I mean, look, we found filling out our own merch store incredibly difficult for a variety of reasons. Yeah, we we started a, a merch store during the supply chain crisis, which was a great move by us. Yeah, I mean, but what my theory presupposes is maybe we've been going about it all wrong by going for, like, drinkware and clothing. Mm-hmm. I bet balls brooches are more than available right now. How many Uxbridge Shimoda truck nuts do you think we could sell if we put those up at podshop.biz? Easily eight to ten. <laughs> that would be great for us. Yeah. So Dathan finds BLT in a dark hallway after this presentation, and he gives her a hand job right there in public. Yeah. Like over the close HJ is what it was. Really intense, really steamy. Yeah. He uh, he can't be seen with her, and uh, he's, he, he can't be like around her, but they make a plan to meet up uh, day after tomorrow. Yeah, there's I a guess. big party at BLT's house that night that her dad's throwing, so that wouldn't be a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Even though her dad's totally oblivious to the other rooms in BLT's house. Yeah, right. Seems like she could get away with it if she wanted to. He's not even curious about why there's a pair of shoes at the bottom of that uh, <laughs> set of curtains at the window. <laughs> yeah. And if the fascist imagery and speech uh, in the earlier scene didn't tip you off to what a bad dude uh, Karina's dad is, uh, the jackbooted thugs asking for papers, please, from everybody when Dathan leaves this little tryst should be the, uh, enough to uh, to tip you off boy oh boy Ben the uh, the problem I had in the last Neelix episode has returned I am just incredibly hot <laughs> I am I am just sweating yeah and you're doing airpods so you don't even have the big over-the-ear headphones to uh, sweat your hair up I thought I'd make a improvement to the system by going airpods and it's definitely better than the cans the cans were too sweaty last time <laughs> I'm not suffering but I also didn't draw a super duper hot bath I tried to dial it in which could come back to bite me as I get closer and closer to hypothermic, I suppose. I want to add cold water to this tub. Oh, yeah. Give yourself a shot of cold. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Oh, that's nice. There you go, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> now I can feel it. It's cooling nicely. This is going to be a bad idea in about 20 minutes. Do your AirPods ever fall out? Because I feel like I was I was thinking about that, and then I was like, you know, they fall out just often enough that I think I would basically guarantee ruining oh, one if uh, if I tried to wear it in. What we are is in danger of getting up to the hoo. Uh oh. I gotta I gotta compensate by uh, by doing some emptying here. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, let a little oh, out. Yeah. I've uh, I've taken some tub water and and greased my hair back. <laughs> <laughs> the people watching at home will be able to tell that uh, that my hair has changed. Yeah. The the people watching at home will have uh, reasonable complaints to be made about this episode. <laughs> okay, I've I've hit the stopper again. The okay. Stopper is stop things. We I hope you didn't hit the stop button on your record, Adam. No, I never do that. We want this episode to to last forever. I'm going to get back up on the mic. I had to lean back to accomplish that feat. Coffee black. Make it yourself. I'm trying to help you see this as an opportunity to grow. Make it yourself. So Kess finds BLT passed out in engineering, which kind of surprised me because I thought she was just like in the hallways when she had this vision. So it seems like maybe she like caught the vision and kept walking a little bit before falling down. Yeah, it sure seems that way. Pretty fucked up. BLT wakes up in Six Bay where the doctor seems fine and no one talks about how or why the doctor is back to normal after yeah. having his program completely wiped and grafted with Dr. Zimmerman's a couple episodes ago, which yeah. they really should take five minutes out of this episode <laughs> to totally describe. 
I mean, they should have taken five minutes out of the last episode, but this episode he actually has a couple of things to do, so uh, maybe it would have been uh, nice in this one. But he seems fine. Uh, she is not. There's strong evidence of telepathic activity in your frontal lobe. And what he describes is that she is not having dreams, but in fact memories. And there's evidence that these are being telepathically injected into her, but they're real memories. He looks at her square in the eyes and is like, have you been taking music lessons? <laughs> Luckily, the doc has a device that's going to stop these dreams, but BLT does not want that. She's willing, yeah. like a lot of people, to risk brain damage for a more intense climax. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's basically saying, like, don't put the tinfoil hat on me yet. I'm only in act two. Right. And he's like, well, her way obstruction play is super dangerous, but if you're doing it, with supervision, I guess I can sign off on it. That should be an Apple Watch activity thing. <laughs> like you hit the icon that's just a belt around a doorknob. <laughs> and it automatically dials 911 if your heart rate flatlines. It just works the way it ought to. So uh, this is now a new diplomatic incident that they're going to have to deal with with the Anarans and... Uh, BLT is given, like, a couple days off work, right? This is nice. Yeah. Janeway sees that she's struggling. Why don't you go ahead and take the next few days? We're on an Uber trip anyway. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Hang out. We'll make the ship more efficient without you. I'd rest a lot better if I had some answers. So they meet up with Jor Brell, the old, the old instrument player from the party before, right? I wonder if he's related at all to Jor-El, <laughs> Superman's dad. I think he is, Ben. Cool. <laughs> That's neat. <laughs> Jorbrell looks like he is wearing one of those visors that you buy out of Sky Mall that has like hair sewn into it to make it look like you have hair. <laughs> I was just thinking of like hair shirt as punishment transposed onto hair visor as punishment. Like if you want to look like you're trying to sleep on an airplane, but also definitely do not want to sleep on an airplane. There's hair visor. <laughs> Wait, that should be a square on the game of buttholes. We have to uh, we have to wear a hair visor. Yeah. While gotta, while recording an episode, we got to do the show blind. <laughs> Just imagine. He suggests that this is maybe an accident. Like they like there's something about her unique alien brain anatomy and the presence of all of these telepaths. Mm -hmm. Maybe her mind is kind of like organizing a bunch of scattered telepathic signals into a narrative but uh she's clearly confused like the the stuff she's describing doesn't uh doesn't really comport with anything about their history or or anybody's real memory so he's fe he feels just terrible about it because uh you know they're so consent oriented as a people but uh this was uh just an accident this is suspicious right can you take one person's word for it here they kind of put all of their trust eggs into Jorbrell's basket, don't they? They do. Jorbrell just seeming less and less trustworthy by the minute. But, I mean, Janeway seems satisfied enough with Jorbrell's explanation that, on the one hand, she's like, well, I mean, this thing's going to resolve itself once we drop off these guys at their Uber destination. Right. And we'll be on our way. But, like, nothing's going to stop us from continuing to investigate during... So that's what they decide to do. For once, Tuvok is not, like, the most pro-action character in a scene. He's like, oh, you're going to keep going? Wow. I wonder how long it's been since I did anything that surprised you. Are Tuvok and Kess the only psychics on, the, on board at this point? Yeah, I mean, that's interesting. You'd think you'd want to involve a Kess or a Brad Dourif were he to be alive. Yeah, You know, right. in, a, in a situation like this. Shouldn't Kess be uh, warming some people's coffees up? Really? So BLT wastes no time in going back to her quarters and taking off the device that the doctor gave her to prevent these these dreams and uh, jumps in bed and wakes up in her alternate reality talking to her father about the regressives who are the people that he is uh, he's trying to round up and, and get rid of. I mean, the the line is they're just being moved somewhere else where they can live apart from everyone else because the regressives are unclean. They don't wash their hands before they eat. 
They uh, they don't put on underarm deodorant before they go out. They're just no good, and uh, we got to get rid of them. But uh, it's just a difference of opinion. We're just going to move them somewhere else, so their problems are theirs and our problems are ours. Pretty interesting ideas there by Karina's mm. dad. <laughs> oh, you like those ideas, huh? <laughs> I didn't say that. I personally found them repugnant, Adam. I'm sure you did. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it is uh, fairly obvious what the analogy is here, uh, this dark analogy. And outside, Karina is there to kind of work the door. She's a door person at the camp where the regressives are made to live and, and are and are like being made to move. She's out there scanning bottle openers, and they call Dathan's name, and Dathan doesn't show up, and this really concerns... BLT, who wonders where the hell her boyfriend is. Did you warn him? Did you tell him he was on the list? I didn't even know that he was. And she isn't able to figure that out before someone running out of the camp runs into her and knocks her over, and that causes BLT to wake up. Yeah, I mean, this is a very uncomfortable scene because, like, right before that happens, like, there's a woman that's like, where are you moving us to? Why are you wearing balls on your shirt? And she doesn't really have good answers to any of these questions. Yeah. I mean, kind of more scrutiny to the brooch than their plans for resettlement, really. Kind yeah. of a lot of time taken with the jewelry of the Inarans. Seriously. So she runs down to the quarters of Jora Morell, who is the older lady that was, uh, <laughs> that was cock-blocking Kim earlier. Yeah, I feel really bad about my earlier feelings about her. I thought she was kind of a creep. Yeah. Getting her rocks off watching her daughter and Harry Kim get together. That's not what was happening at all. Instead, we find out that this is her story. She's, she's living under an assumed name and that she is beaming these memories into BLT's head to safeguard an ugly truth about the Anarans. And uh, I mean, the probably the most miraculous thing about this scene is that she is clearly collapsed on the floor right next to a glass coffee table, Adam. God, it's so close. <laughs> I mean, I think if this was TNG, BLT would have come in and this lady would have been going through the class coffee table, right? I mean, I don't want these words taken out of context and weaponized against me, <laughs> but I really wanted to see an old lady go through a glass table here. <laughs> Just this, for old time's sake. This being the internet, I'm sure that somebody will take umbrage with that, Adam. Yeah, yeah. The story isn't over, though. So this old grabs the back of BLT's neck and finishes all over... BLT. <laughs> Don't let the memories die. The rest of the story is fucked up. It's about Karina feeling weird about her complicity and getting a last visit from Dathan, who is like, we're, we're getting out of here. We're going because those transports that are theoretically taking my people to the other place are... Uh, probably just just vaporizing them the second they get on board we never hear from anybody that goes there and uh this is this is bad stuff and then uh, he has to hide because daddy fascism comes in and uh this is uh some full full holocaust shit you know he re he's really trying to pull the balls over her eyes <laughs> the speed with which BLT changes her mind in this moment and gets with the program is the darkest part, right? Like the boyfriend's in the next room thinking that he's safe because he's always been safe in the very next room because dad's an idiot. Right. Uh, but what ends up happening is, uh, is BLT is going to give him up. BLT is going to let him down. <laughs> I didn't even realize what you were doing to me, Adam. Uh -huh. Anyway, this is sad as hell because Jareth is grabbed and perp-walked out to, uh, like, this stuff was just ready to go. Dad's in there talking to his daughter, and then, like, the very next scene, he's walked out of his house into the front yard where they have posts set up to burn these people alive. Yeah, the, these people have perfected a lasagna beam technology that uh, turns everybody into a piece of za. You know za is slang for pizza, right? False. It's lasagna. Could you imagine being chafed to death? Oof. Ryan, got to get that platinum. Get that large 
One of the amazing things about making The Greatest Generation is getting to see all of the cool, creative stuff that the Friends of DeSoto make when we do a Code 47 episode. People send in handcrafted stuff all the time, and they send in their books, they send in paintings, they send in uh, crochet work. It's so cool. And uh, I want a few more of you to have websites to direct us to in those letters. I want you to put your beautiful work on display for the world so that when we get to look at it, we can tell people where to go to get a look at it themselves. And you don't have to know anything about building a website to build a website these days because you can use Squarespace. It'll look beautiful no matter what kind of device people are looking at it on. Hell, you can even sell stuff using a Squarespace website. Don't make your cool, creative project captain's eyes only. Head to squarespace.com slash scarves for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use offer code SCARVES to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Boy, do I love a microdose gummy from Lumi Labs. I'm, uh, I'm running low, so I'm going to head over to microdose.com pretty soon and put in another order. Microdosing is a technique I use to steer my mentals in a preferred direction several times a week. And uh, I just love it because you can really predict what is going to happen and to what degree it is going to happen. Because these are very low-dose cannabis gummies that uh, give you an entry-level dose that help you feel just the right amount of good. And they've been super loyal as sponsors to Greatest Trek and Greatest Gen, so I hope you will give them a try. Get 30% off your first order, plus free shipping today at microdose.com. Promo code SCARVES. It's available nationwide. That's microdose.com. Promo code is SCARVES for 30% off and free shipping. Microdose.com. Promo code SCARVES. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. I think a, a lesser show would have would have cut back to BLT, like, regretting the complicity in this. But no, BLT, like, is a true believer, watching her boyfriend's edges get melted into a kind of melty, burny cheese that really makes the best part of any lasagna if you get that corner piece. Oh, yeah, that's the good stuff. And there's a button on the memory. The button is years later describing... Uh, how it was this great thing that they did to the regressives to help them relocate to a bunch of children. You know, the last step of any genocide is the cover-up. Yeah. And it's some real dark shit. Yeah, the the teaching of the younger is especially gross feeling. They destroy themselves, but we can learn from their mistakes. Can we see the battle bridge? And... BLT wakes up and finds that uh, the old lady has uh, shuffled loose this mortal coil. RSVP, old and iron lady. <laughs> if this is her story, she doesn't come out clean at the end. This is motivated by regret of, of doing the wrong thing your whole life. She's lived a life of comfort off the decisions she made as a young woman. She's a bad person. Yeah. 
She's a bad person and she should feel bad. Repenting is good, but you can only repent so much. So in the mess hall, the Anarans have assembled, you know, getting ready to end the Uber ride. They they all kind of agreed that this was a, a five-star experience. Yeah. And uh, Jorbrell is like pretty psyched that they're in, in a city where you're allowed to have an open container in the car. <laughs> and uh, he gets interrupted by BLT, who's fresh off of her experience yeah. going through Jorah Morel's memories. He's trying to make a toast with the red drink of sneaking injustice past the goalie. Yeah. And BLT bursts in to, uh, to really ruin this party. She tells everyone in the room about this story. This is most uncomfortable, Captain. It's a big rant, and uh, you can see Harry Kim is really agitated because he knows that this is going to screw things up for him and the lady he's been sweet on, who takes some issue with what BLT is saying. She's like one of the people that speaks up and goes like, sounds like you had a really messed up dream, but that's made up shit. We never did anything like that. I really like how ambivalent everyone is to BLT's story here. You see the furrowed brows of not really understanding what this is all about and maybe believing and maybe not believing. Like, I like how the entire group doesn't all of a sudden take BLT's side because the circumstances of this revelation are so unique. Yeah, the emotional gravity of them are so present for BLT, but she's the only one that's actually experienced this. So everybody else is like, uh, okay. Right. And Jorbrell just kind of explains it away. Like BLT's talking and talking, and Jorbrell has a sort of explanation for what she's talking about. There's just like the pieces of her story don't correspond with any historical record that Jorbrell is aware of or made to be aware of. And like, this is the ambiguity of this scene and of this episode that that makes me really think it's powerful because I don't know whether we are to believe Jorbrell or not, and it doesn't really matter if we do. Right. Because that's consistent with, like, the moral of this story, that it's the erasure of the knowledge that is the true enemy of justice. Yeah. So the poo in the punch bowl has kind of ruined the party and the captain asks uh, BLT to circle back with her in an hour. And the next scene is is that meeting where the captain and BLT talk about what went down and what BLT experienced. And the captain is like, listen, like, it's pretty compelling and it's fucked up. And I wish there was something that we could do, but we have no law to fit their crime. And also, we don't really have any right to get involved and BLT is like that's fucking bullshit they murdered that poor woman on our ship yeah but Janeway does have an extremely subtle recommendation for her which goes like you know there are still a few of the Anarans around if you wanted to proselytize to them before they're gone and she takes this opportunity to do that yep fortunately while Kim is out of engineering uh, she meets up with Jessen the uh, the younger woman uh, down in, in engineering after being told that there's no evidence of murder in the uh, old lady's uh, autopsy report. Yeah. And uh, Jessen reveals that uh, this this uh, mind meld that they're capable of doing can go both ways. So if BLT is cool with it, Jessen can like hover her hands over BLT and relive the, the memory that the older lady shared with her. Yeah, the Anarans have the power to go from blow to suck. (laughs) And so they do, and Jessen wakes up in that uh, initial bedroom tryst scene, and the entire episode repeats. What streaming service did you watch this on? Because when we pop into the dream, Jessen is at the top of a cliff holding a little girl... (laughs) <laughs> That's about to fall. And then I got an entirely different episode after that. Oh, weird. Yeah. Um, I watched on Paramount Plus, the best streaming service. Gah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I want to bust into the boardroom at Paramount BLT style and tell them <laughs> about the atrocity that they're covering up that is the Paramount Plus app. It's a grave injustice. 
you're complicit in the worst streaming service ever. When you want to watch a different episode than the next episode in a series, you can't just click on the continue watching and then click into the series details. You have to go find that series somewhere else in the app. What? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, the, the Jorbrell of Paramount is never going to understand this. <laughs> it's just deny, deny, deny. Yeah. Wow, Adam. Well, did you like this episode of Star Trek Voyager? You know, I'm really easy to get along with most of the time. But I don't like bullies. I don't like friends. And I don't like you. It is uh, obviously very heavy-handed with its analogy but if you're okay with that, what it is really is an episode that on Dawson absolutely takes over. And I love episodes yeah. given to a main cast character to just run with. And yeah. there isn't a scene in this episode without her. She owns the entire thing. She's given... It feels like Roxanne Dawson has been given many episodes where she's made to play multiple characters or versions of herself or whatever, which, as yeah. we've said before, is one of the great challenges to any actor. And she is great at it. And she's great again here. And I was just really delighted by her work in this episode. She made the episode as good as it could possibly be. And that's really why I liked it. What about you? Yeah, I feel very much the same way. I recently learned that Roxanne Dawson is a a working director in Hollywood. I've been watching that show Foundation, mm -hmm. and uh, she's directed like a bunch of the episodes of that. Really, that's a big show. That's the uh, the Apple TV show, right? Yeah, it's a yeah, it's an Apple show, and her episodes are particularly well directed. I think that's cool. Um, I'm gonna have to watch that. Yeah. that's like hard sci-fi though, huh? It's a show that I definitely watch on uh, nights that my wife is out doing other things. <laughs> That's a pork chop show, huh? N yeah, not really, uh, not really to her interest, but it's a really weird show, but I like it. I'll have to check it out then. Maybe on, on nights that I'm ever alone. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I thought, uh, I thought this was a good episode. I, it is a bit heavy-handed, but like, I think that the point it's trying to make is not like genocide bad, which a bad heavy-handed episode about genocide would be doing it's more about like here is how normal people accidentally become yeah. complicit in gen people who would not like themselves be riding for genocide uh you know in the course of their duties like actually being uh you know complicit in it right uh, is, uh, is is more the point it's trying to make. And I think that that's a, a more trenchant point and, you know, makes it a a more compelling episode and a more disturbing episode. I was I was sitting there watching it going like, God, this is so fucking heavy. I can't believe I'm going to be sitting in a fucking bathtub talking to my friend about it in a minute. Yeah. Yeah. But that's uh, that's sort of our magic power. This is this is yeah. what we're able to do. This is what we're best at, Ben. Yeah. I thought the episode was terrible. It made me feel really bad. <laughs> In my particular genocide, there is only one person that is complicit, and that's me. I didn't come up with a, a name for the Hooshnock that would bias everyone against them like regressives. That just makes them sound terrible. With a name as bad as Hooshnock, you don't have to rename them. Anyways, what I'm trying to say is that the Anarans are worse than me, and I'm not that bad. <laughs> yeah, I'm just looking at the leaderboard of of awful aliens, Ben. <laughs> uh, and ticking up one spot is the Anarans, ticking down one spot is Kevin Uxbridge. Congratulations, Kevin. What is it about the Voyager that they keep getting to be friendly with aliens that wind up being awful? Like, this is, like, very much a rinse-repeat of what went down with the Trabe, who turned out to be the people that subjugated the pine cones. This is the storyline of every late 90s movie for a time. Like, like he's too good to be true. Yeah. And he ends up being a murderer yeah. or, a, or a creepo. Like, that's that's what's happening here with the Voyager. Anytime the Voyager gets the hookup going forward, I'm going to be extremely suspicious. <laughs> yeah, me too. Well, Adam, do you want to get into the Priority One message inbox and out of these tubs? I do. Let's do it. Priority One message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Need a supplemental income. Supplemental. Oh. Supplemental. Supplemental. Yeah, it's extra. 
By the interest alone could be enough to buy this ship. Adam, our first P1 is from Ian, and it is to Adam and Ben, plus future Ian. It goes like this. Adam and Ben, I've been a listener and donor since pre-disco, but thanks to the pandemic and working from home, I finally managed to nearly catch up, so this is my called shot from mid-season 7 of DS9. If I manage to catch up before this airs, I'll get a second P1 to complain about having to watch Voyager Adam style. Pan flutes. Brinner drop. Wow, kind of playing chicken with yourself there, aren't you, Ian? Yeah. I really want Ian to catch up so they have to buy another P1, but it will be so long from now when it comes out on The Greatest Generation just due to how many we have booked uh, for 2022 already. I, maybe, Ian, if, if you have, in fact, caught up, consider getting the uh, the follow-up P1 for The Greatest Discovery, because I think that'll come out a little quicker. Yeah, I think so, too. And we don't almost, we almost never have P1s from Greatest Gen that communicate with P1s from Greatest Discovery, so that would be nice. Also, Ian, complaining <laughs> about having to watch Voyager. Hey, Ian, you got to watch Voyager... Dry, not in a bathtub. <laughs> Count your lucky stars. You, you didn't have to do it from the tub. That would be really like a commitment to the bit if we also had to watch the episode in the bath. Yeah. Let's not give our game designers any more ideas, <laughs> Ben. Right ideas. <laughs> our second priority one message is from David. It is to Andrew. And that message goes like this Happy birthday. Apologies. If this gets stuck in a temporal anomaly, better late than never. Thanks again for the baby shower whiskey and for all the Trek-watching memories. I hope you make it back down here soon for a visit, and maybe we can go have some not-legal-in-New-York fun at the range. Wow. Be well and Happy New Year. Wow. Not-legal-in-New-York fun at the range. What do you think that means? I'm guessing driving range. And I'm guessing not legal uh, doing drugs yeah. at the driving range. <laughs> Maybe it, is it gun range? Is that why the photon drop get got played there? Oh, that makes sense. You, maybe it's get drunk and go shoot guns or something like that. Are there a lot of shooting ranges in New York? I don't know. I, I actually don't know the answer to that question. I know that they have them in California, but I, maybe Yeah, they're... I see them all the time in basically every other city, but I, I don't remember seeing them in New York. Yeah, maybe they're not legal in New York. Who knows? Maybe that's what makes having not legal in New York fun. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's all it is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, wow. Well, uh, happy birthday to Andrew, and uh, thanks to everyone who got a P1 on today's episode. Uh, if you'd like to get a P1, head to MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron and book it today for it to come out later this year, maybe. <laughs> Don't let that discourage you. No. Get in there. Get in there. This, this line moves fast. Hey, Adam. What's that, Ben? Did you find yourself a drunk Shimoda? Incredible. Drunk Shimoda! I didn't think I'd find one. But then, he announced himself without saying a word when BLT goes back into engineering to talk to Jessen. Yeah. There is a person keeping an eye on Jessen, who I believe to be just sort of a, uh, a security person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Maybe like a chaperone figure. Yeah. He's, he gets relieved of, of the duty of looking after her, right? I think there's a way to be a chaperone where you're not just staring at a person smiling creepily. <laughs> With your arms crossed. <laughs> and that is why this person is my Shimoda. Yeah. I uh, think BLT is right to relieve this person for those reasons. For not, just being weird? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, don't be weird. Just let her do her job. That's my Shimoda. What about you, Ben? I got to give it to Neelix just because the image of Anara that he had in his head, the the thing he was going for when he redecorated the restaurant was so, so far from what we actually see when we go to there. 
It's in. great that his instinct was like just throw a bunch of shit on the walls, like most restaurant ideas. Yeah, yeah. I like I like the the episode never makes comment of it. You know, we never see maybe present day Onara they've gone with a, a like a different decorating style. I choose to believe that is not the case. I think that this is an episode that is in some ways the C storyline is just Neelix is wrong about things. <laughs> right. Which used to be a through line to every episode. Yeah. Yeah, so it was a nice return to form for Star Trek colon Voyager. Yeah, feels good. It does. It feels really nice. Objection noted. We'll do this without you. Do it. Do it. Do it. Well, are we going to have a good feeling episode next week, Ben? Uh, we're going to be dry. At least I hope. Yeah, I think it's impossible for us to land on this square again because we're on square 28, the Naked Now square. Uh, it looks like the only thing in range that we could hit is a Delta Flyer that will Janeway us all the way up to a uh, Measure of a Man episode on Square 87 if we hit it. Got to say, I'm I'm really glad to be putting this square into the rear view. <laughs> like, that's the danger of, of taking a, a chute yeah. back down right. is uh, possibly hitting this one again. We've spent so much time trying to get off the second row that once we got on the third row, we got in a lot of trouble. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The third row makes the second row look like the first row. It really does. Adam, our next episode is season three, episode seven, Sacred Ground. To save Kess's life, Janeway must test her own spiritual beliefs by undergoing the secret ritual of an alien religious order. Okay. This sounds like fun. Sounds like a very Cisco-y kind of, uh, kind of job for Janeway in the next episode. Yeah. You're required to learn as you play. Roll. Uh, all right, I'm going to go ahead and roll this bone. Wish me luck. Good luck, Ben. Adam, I've rolled a two. Chula! <laughs> Did I win? Hardly. Puts us on square 30. We stay on uh, the third row, but uh, next week's episode it will be dry and regular. Much like my poops. Uh, very aspirational. Yeah. It's really great. You don't situation. mind me saying so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good roll by you, Ben. Good show by us. You know, I think we always rise to the occasion when there's a challenge laid before us. Yeah. That challenge in this case being getting naked and wet. Do you think people can hear the nudity the way you can hear a smile through the telephone? Oh, God, I hope not. We we weren't tubing. We didn't have video going, just in case anybody was worried about that. You didn't. <laughs> Adam was tubing. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm uh, really looking forward to next week's ep, and I think it's going to be great, especially because uh, next week we will... Uh, we will have had, I, actually, uh, as of this episode, we will have a producer on this show, Adam. I mean, she won't I have edited this episode, but it, but no. when it comes out, she will be will be her first day on the job at yeah. the Uxbridge Shimoda Podcast Factory. Pretty great day one. You clock into work, and you see what your bosses have done. <laughs> uh, turns out they've recorded a tub show. Yeah. Cool. Uh, cool first day. <laughs> let me see if I can call my old boss and see if I can get that gig back. <laughs> It's a good thing Uxbridge Shimoda looks like anything else on a resume and not two dumb Star Trek podcasters recording their show in a bathtub. Like, <laughs> the specifics of it aren't going to show up on, on her resume, which is good. Yeah, yeah. Her next thing will hopefully be unaware of what of what she's done to her career. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're really, we're really excited about that. Yeah, Wendy Pretty, welcome to the team. Uh, we are so, so excited to have you. Yeah, and you can begin to check out her work over on The Greatest Discovery. Yeah, that'll be happening right away. We should thank uh, all of the friends of DeSoto who support the show on a monthly basis, who have put us in the very fortunate position of being able to hire Wendy. If you Yeah, that would... doesn't happen without the support, for sure. Yeah, if you'd like to support the show, it's MaximumFun.org slash join. Uh, if you'd like to show, show some support that doesn't cost you a nickel, recommend the show to a friend or leave us a nice review or post on social media about how much you enjoy the program. It uh, really helps us out. Yeah, it really does. Our show continues to grow for some reason. <laughs> uh, the reason that I'm guessing is that people continue to tell other people about it. So thanks for doing it. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, we got to thank Bill Tilly, the card daddy who runs our social media. Those are uh, the at Greatest Trek accounts on Twitter and Instagram. 
really fun follows, and uh, Card Daddy is just the greatest. He's really made those a fun thing to get behind. Uh, get yourself some merch at podshop.biz. Uh, if you'd like a t-shirt or something. And, uh, oh, we should thank Adam Ragusea, who made the original theme music of The Greatest Generation, basing his work off of The Great Dark Materia, who made the original Picard song that you hear under our voices right now. Still slaps. Yeah. It's still a bop after all these do. years. With that, we will be back at you next week with another great episode of Star Trek Voyager and an episode of The Greatest Generation Voyager where we go to some kind of weird church to record it to save Kess's life. Make it so. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.